The radiant prince hops off his altar in the darkness of the shrine called Escape Route of the South Wind, content to be the only light in the stone ruins. His odd little courtiers watch him as they go about their business sweeping up the shrine for him, and all is right with the world. He runs a hand along the carved surface of the shrine's walls, and a memory startles him, as if waking him from a deep sleep. Visions of the past, of the people who carved these walls, of the offerings once laid upon the altar where he sits, a magic spell meant to convey to him the value of the place and its memories. When the spell was cast, he hadn't really understood the idea that history was a treasure. And somehow today he does. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I am your host, your king, your confused monarch. It is me, Kat. Hi, Kat. Hello? Hi. Hello? Hello? Where am I? What are we doing? <laughs> we just did the intro. That's what we're doing. Okay, great. Thanks. Thanks, Kirsten. That's Kirsten. Kirsten's here. I'm very helpful. Very helpful, Kirsten, as always. Eager to help. <laughs> we have Nick. Nick is here. Hello. I'm here. Hello. I think I'm here. I'm being recorded, so I'm at the very least halfway here. Nick is being recorded. And with us today, we have Kathleen. It's nice to be here. Thank you for the warm welcome. It is always a pleasure to have you, and we're so glad that you could come. Previously on Sword of Symphonies, the crew of the Westbreaker left Dunbarrow on their way to the old capital, where it is said a dragon resides who is the oldest living relative of Wailing Agrippina, who may be able to help with the whole demons being unshackled from their obsessions thing. So the party went to the Goat Home Velt, and they camped out and they exchanged stories. Varying degrees of stories, each special in their own way. And they went to sleep. On this side of the lavender, it's fine to just go to sleep. It's very pretty on this side of the lavender. Yeah, and there's hardly any horrors. Pretty much none. Hey, party, what does your campsite look like? That is a good question. I think we probably have like, I'm going to say three tents. Okay. Nothing fancy. We've got a nice little uh, campfire. I forgot the word campfire for a second there. Yeah, that'll happen. And probably, you know, like a, a little collection of firewood and Cobb probably has his concertina somewhere. We're going to be doing a lot of walking. Instruments will be good. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the food? Oh, it's right up. Hmm. The the food is in the food bag. Where's that? Well, it's no reason. It's next to the campsite because we're out in a field, aren't we? So there's not really any place to put it. Yeah. I mean, we could make a bear hang, but I don't. Does Milta have bears? I I never really asked. Yeah. Probably. I don't see why not. I mean, the bigger question is, do they live out here? I've always thought of them as more of arboreal creatures. Yeah, they're tree lovers, bears. Oh, yeah, I guess we don't really have trees right here. We're on the... Well, there are, there are trees. There are tough little copses. I guess, is it okay if I make a survival like, to see if, like, the idea of making a bear stash occurred? Go for it. Make me an understanding survival, please. Come on. Oh, two successes and an edge. Two successes and an edge will tell you that you should do something about the food. Okay. So I guess Penelope, before they headed to sleep, had taken one long rope, tied it between two trees, and then a shorter rope, and tied that in the middle and hung the thing. Because bears can climb trees, so you hang it between two. And then went to sleep. Okay. This is extremely good. Because when the party awakens in the morning, what they find is, well, who wakes up? Who wakes up first on just a nice felt camping trip? We know it's not Penelope. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not Penelope. 
mean, Cobb always gets up when the sun comes up. So if there's oh, yeah. anyone up before that, then they'll beat him. But otherwise, he'll be up when the sun comes up. No, you don't hear anything. It's a silent morning. Perfectly quiet. Well, that because I think Cobb does a big stretch, gets up out of the tent quietly and heads to go collect the food, which I'm sure we have put all of the morning comestibles and coffee and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And what you see, well, first of all, you disturb something when you uh, open your tent. And that is because there is a curious little creature giving it a scientific little chew as if to see what exactly the flap of your tent is. And um, when you pull this away from it, it bounces away with a big dramatic flourish of a fluffy white tail. It is not the only one. Gathered under the food bag, there are four fluffy little goats about the size of a medium-sized dog with long, soft fur. And they are, um, they look like children playing with a pinata. They are just kind of desperately trying to reach it. They can tell there's food. They can't get up there. And it's, uh, it's driving the little critters nuts. They are opening their mouth as if to shout their frustration at the food and nothing comes out. They're completely silent. The world around them has no noise in it. Your tent flap doesn't make a single sound when you pull it away from this little goat who has flounced over onto a nearby rock and is standing on it as if to say, my rock now. Its fellow is sitting on the ground as if to say, that was my rock. Looks wounded and upset. We've been visited by Tissa's cape. (laughs) You don't hear yourself say that. Cobb gets up and he, he yells and says, hey, go on, get out of here, you you goats. And he also like waves his arms and that kind of stuff because he understands that they can't hear him. So he's he's being big and loud. And I guess we will see if that means anything to the goats. I think they do scatter at you being big and making lots of dramatic arm motions. I think that does cause them to like all of a sudden stop what they're doing and look at you and then bounce off into the grass. Well, I guess I'll have to thank Penelope then. She saved breakfast. I can't be that surprised, though. Hmm. You do hear that. Cobb is going to make his way on over then to the hanging food bag and, and pull it down. Yeah, Cobb's making breakfast. Getting the frying pan out. Or, well, it's probably one of those little, like, hanging iron pots. I don't really know if Cobb has, like, a skillet or anything like that. Maybe. Maybe. But I, I think this time it is a little iron pot that he's making some sort of breakfast stew type of thing going on with. Yeah. Some sort of porridge or cereal, I'm sure. Yeah. Sad, as usual, wakes up not too long after you do. Kind of stumbles out of the tent, rubbing his eyes. Hey, good morning there, Mr. Sot. Hey. Uh, morning, Captain. Here, do me a favor and can you go fill this up with, uh, up with water? I think there was a little crick up the ways a bit. Aye, sir. And he takes a pot and scampers up to try and find where that crick was. Gotta get some water to boil for breakfast. Yeah. And the morning continues. And I think uh, Gideon gets up fairly early, as is her mm-hmm. habit. Doesn't like sleeping in anymore. Yep. Understandable. And when Ged stirs... Tissa is also stirring. She probably would have woken up with the Don chorus with Cobb, but there was an intervention. The Don yeah, chorus no... didn't chorus. Mm. You didn't hear birds. Yeah. Now you hear birds suddenly. Mm. Is it late today? N- no, we were we were just visited by some mm, friends. They share a lot in common with that um, that cloak of yours, Tissa. Oh. oh. Oh, I missed them. I've never gotten close to a whisper goat. They wanted breakfast. They're probably still around somewhere, and Cobb kind of stares out. Mm. They didn't seem that afraid of me. I think they ran off because they got startled, but... Uh. I suppose not. We're still pretty close to where people are. Surprises. <laughs> well, I guess do keep an eye out on your stuff. They they are very sneaky. 
<laughs> and Cobb kind of looks around. Suddenly, I don't think he's expecting to see one, but he's kind of half expecting to see one, like sneaking off with something. Yeah, that's a valid thing to expect. They're little shits. Hmm. Maybe I have been near to one and I just didn't know. Well, they didn't get our food. Yeah. Good job, Penelope. Hmm? Should we tell her it was a bear? Hmm? What? Good job. Oh. Thanks, Gideon. Mm -hmm. Good job for... What? As Penelope kind of gets out of the tent and stretches. Saving our food from the wildlife. Ah. We were visited by something last night, hey? Yeah, it wasn't a bear. Hmm. Oh, yeah, if you look at the campsite, you can see little cloven footprints all over the place. All over the place. Yeah, whisper goats. Uh, oh. Maybe a half dozen, a little bit more of them. Uh, not surprising, I guess. Uh, yeah, goats can be tenacious. They'll eat pretty much anything. We have some on the farm, and you got to keep an eye on them. They will get into other pens, take food from the other livestock, take our food, eat Vegetables, eat clothing. Clothing? Yeah, yeah, pretty much anything. Hmm. Wow. They're pretty cute, though. Right? Mm-hmm. They're little faces? I had one as a pet for a while when I was little. Aww. Yeah. Named her Whiskers. She had a beautiful goatee. Cute. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I doubt she was as silent as these ones are, so keep your eyes open. Oh, is that the wi- the whisper goats? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They do this, and Tissa sort of half shoves off her cloak and kind of throws it at Penelope. Yeah, they do that. You're not careful. Oh, and I think Penelope was like was talking under it for a little bit, and then realized that she <laughs> couldn't be heard. And- yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. Ooh. <gasps> there could be so many disguises you could make out of this stuff. And then you'd be extra stealthy. Ooh. Um. Hmm. Well, I think maybe you'd just be regular stealthy, Penelope. <laughs> I mean, valid. <laughs> <laughs> and then Penelope tosses the cloak back and starts uh, smoothing out her hair and Getting ready to help out with the campsite. Actually, that's a good point. And Cobb kind of turns to look to Gideon. Hmm? We could use the cloak. Oh, the capital. We still got to get into the city at some point, right? Oh. Oh. I, I have to admit I'm it's a bit small for me, so I might have to uh, be on the periphery a bit for that one, but... It'll make one of the rest of us quite sneaky. Mm. Or we go goat hunting. Mm. Do a little bit of shearing on the belt. Just got to lure them somewhere with food and then grab them. Yeah, mm. I can help with that. Well, I can do the grabbing, but I'm only used to shearing my own whiskers. Mm-hmm. Penelope, maybe we'll leave that part to you. I was never any good at spinning. Oh, I suppose we'd have to spin it, huh? I don't know how to spin stuff. Hmm. I mean, I'm a city folk. If only there was a resourceful country-type person around. (laughs) It's definitely doable. It might take a little while, though, to make three cloaks. We need three, right? Mm. And a baby-sized one. Where's the baby? Oh, I sent him off to get uh, water from the crick over there. I'll, I'll go check in on him in case he's been accosted by goats. Oh, mm. right. Mm. Yeah. Do you not spin in Stageport, or is that just because Red can do it better? Um, no, I mostly helped out at the restaurant. Mm. I'm really good at bringing people food. Mm. Oh, that's important. If we wanted clothes, we just bought them. Hmm. Usually. Hmm. No, it's like spinning and making ropes and... Hmm. It takes a long time to make a rope. Hmm. Cobb 
finds uh, the quartermaster not far from the campsite, having found the crick, but definitely having a time of it as he is being lightly bullied by some goats who want to see what he has on his person and take it. Uh, I was wondering if this was going to happen. And I, I think Cobb is Cobb's going to try and pick up one of the goats. Yeah, get it. Get that goat. Like, just, just scoop him up both sets of legs and just huck him on over his back. <laughs> yeah, get it. Uh, two successes. Yeah, get that goat. That'll do it. The goat does not notice you doing this until you have done it. And boy, is it displeased. <laughs> you now have in your inventory one angry whisper goat. <laughs> and then the other ones scatter. And saw it kind of size. Sorry, Captain. I found the crick, though. Ah, yes, I see you did. Well, collect the water. I think we've got, um, well, we've got a, we've got a new coat here. Or at least it will be once we shear this one and, well, maybe, maybe just a blanket. Maybe. All right. And he goes to the crick and he fills the pot and a couple of the skins with water. And follows you back to the campsite. You'll have to wave for us, Mr. Sod. I, my hands are full. Oh, right, right. And he, he gets to the campsite and he, he sets down the water and he waves at everyone. Hi, everyone. Oh, We're hey. Back. And he picks the water back up. What happened to your hair? Mm, Captain grabbed a goat. Oh. Oh? Well, that was easy. Well, if, if we wanted to make a, a blanket or something, mm -hmm. we've got a source of wool. Oh, you dear, Penelope says, and she starts, like, petting the goat's soft, soft, like, wool. And, oh, you're so sweet. What are it they, is um... thrashing. <laughs> it is trying so hard to get free of Cobb. It is mad. <laughs> what is the spell pieces here? Oh, no. <laughs> How dare you ask me the spell pieces at this moment? <laughs> the spell pieces here are silent, vast, Open, lavender, safety, and society. Okay. Um, I think Penelope actually is going to cast a little spell, encouraging safety, to help the mm -hmm. goat feel a little bit more calm and better. Mm. Oh, it's going to take some scatter because it has just been scooped up by a giant dude. It's been scooped up by a giant dude it has a different giant person like trying to get at it and like touch it like yeah like it's gonna take four to get this thing to stop thrashing okay. and six to get this thing to actually like be your friend you know what I'm going for it six <laughs> goat mind control goat mind control you uh, no you you cast um tell me what encouraging safety looks like so as Penelope is like gently petting the soft head and the nose, she kind of looks into the goat's eyes, those strange rectangular eyes. And uh, she just starts singing softly to the goat. And as she's singing, you can kind of see the grass around her feet start to sway and she's swaying and then the little goat kind of sways in time too and it kind of rocks the goat a little bit like a lullaby and the goat becomes more chill and calm and then Penelope as she's singing she's singing a song that's explaining that they're friends and that we just want to help the goat feel better for the summertime and also, if it's okay with the goat, would like to use the wool to help the world from demons. Uh, some things that are happening to demons. <laughs> and uh, hopefully the goat agrees. I don't know if the goat understands demons, but... The goat does not understand demons, but it does stop thrashing. Oh, you're Except so Except it good. does wiggle its little legs a little bit because it doesn't like being held you're, like those, but... You're such a good goat. Aww. Cobb, I think... I think it's, you can set them down. They're, you're okay, right? All right, if you say so. Yeah, and 
Upon being set down on its little hoofs, the goat trots over to Penelope. There you are. Oh, who's a good goat? I think... I think we shall name you... You can hardly hear yourself talk. <laughs> I, I think we don't should you, name you. Don't. People still need to be able to listen to this podcast. <laughs> and, and yeah, the rest is just Penelope talking to a goat. <laughs> But nobody can hear what she's saying. <laughs> nobody can hear it because she's just like, she's crouched down to get real close to the goat. She's right in that silent area. And Penelope has made a new best friend. <laughs> I'll go get my shears. Ooh. Wow. Wow. Power of friendship or something. Or something. Or something. Or something. Meanwhile, Sod is quietly helping make breakfast. He's given the goat a wide berth. It was bullying him a couple minutes ago. Mm -hmm. Doesn't trust it. I wouldn't. Mm. Goats aren't to be trusted kind of in general, listener. It's true. They have very strong personalities, shall we say. (laughs) This little one likes Penelope, but has not promised not to do malfeasance. And I think it sidles up close to Penelope... And it looks up at her with its weird little amber eyes. And it goes to, like, lean its head against her leg. And it reaches into her pocket for food. Oh. 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 Amber, if you wanted that, you could have just asked. And Penelope takes out. Sorry, what? (laughs) The goat's name is Amber. Amber eyes. Okay. Okay. I only heard Mber and I thought you didn't. And you didn't. Named it Amber. That's cute. Oh, I thought that the what was about Penelope telling someone that they could have asked instead of just taking the food. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, little, little Amber does not understand what it means to ask for food. Penelope passes some pocket food. I think um, you are focused on the small animal. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm, I'm talking with Amber. So you don't see the large animal glaring a hole into your head. Uh-oh. You've given the pocket food to this thing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've given the pocket food to this thing? You can just, like, I think Tissa, because Tissa notices these things, notices Pollyanna give this um, defiant shake of her wings <laughs> and a dismissive little <laughs> snort. I don't know that Penelope notices. Probably not. I think Penelope is unfortunately busy and oh, poor Polly is like, wait, I was the first one. What? <laughs> I think while Polly is giving Penelope the death glare, Cobb comes back and nudges Penelope and says, well, the scissors are a bit small for them, but I do have this old thing. I forget what they're called, but there is like a it's basically like a comb with a blade in it that you can use to shear hair and stuff mm. that Cobb has. And I don't think we'll need his straight razor. I don't think that'll do the job anyways, but he does actually have something that will kind of work. Okay. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So while Cobb finishes making breakfast, Penelope, I would like you to make... I mean, I think we've determined in the past that riding is kind of our all-purpose uh, interacting with animals especially livestock skill. Alrighty. So can you make me some kind of riding role? Tell me how you're approaching this. I guess understanding riding. Okay. You've sheared a goat before. You remember how it's done. Yeah. I mean, it's been a couple seasons because I've been on journeys, but... Yeah. Oh my goodness. So two successes and three edge successes. (laughs) <laughs> very, very, very wow. Wow, that roll. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you will have more wool if you keep the edge successes. Hmm. However, I mean, I mean, you spent six scatters, so I think Amber not wanting to be your friend anymore would be a little much. But, um... No, you know what? Let's Let's say that Amber will continue to want to be your best friend. Okay. But there are consequences. Having a feral goat following you everywhere? Yeah. Yeah, there there might be consequences to having a feral goat follow you everywhere. It is a quiet goat. 
Not for long. <laughs> um, I think Penelope is super happy to be making a goat friend, so she might not be the most thinking responsibly right now about the ramifications of said relationship. Yeah, so I think you do an excellent job of shearing this goat. You get loads of wool, and while you definitely... Well, properly spun, you might have enough to make a cloak or two out of, but I mean, there's not time for that. But you do have a substantial amount of whisper wool. Ooh. Which completely muffles sound that gets close to it. Folks, this is so cool. Listen to it. It goes, and you go like this. And then when you speak, it. Isn't that cool? <laughs> like, it. You also have a very neatly shorn little goat who looks at you and opens his little mouth and goes, Oh, Amber, you look so refreshed right now. It'll be great for summertime. Don't you feel better? Yeah, Amber does a little prance. Oh, A little, little bounce around on its little hooves. And I think Penelope gives a little bit more pocket food. Sorry, Polly. Poor Polly. You're a criminal. Oh, yeah. Amber's all about food. Amber's very food motivated. Like Penelope. They're best <laughs> <Yep>. friends now. <laughs> best friends forever. We have found another Penelope, haven't we? A little bit. Just a little, just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. And Cobb finishes making breakfast. And everybody enjoys a nice, you said, kind of a breakfast stew with porridge. Yeah, like probably a porridge thing they've i'm sure they've got still got some dried fruit you got in there that sort of thing yeah and as the wind blows in from the northwest there is a powerful aroma of lavender from here you can see it a big gray blue violet streak painted clear across the goat home felt the boundary garden the marker planted every year to mark what is safe and what has yet to be reclaimed for humanity. The old capital, it should be noted, is well on the other side of it. And soon I reckon it is time to pack up camp and get ready to walk toward those lavenders. Have, have any of you been this far before? Um, not a lot further, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would go here in winter a couple of years. Oh. Mm. Um, on my pilgrimage, I cut across the veldt. Okay. To get to the north. A long time ago, as I, as I mentioned in my story, there's a lot of uh, archaeological finds that come from this place, and... I don't know why Cobb does this as an aside to Tissa specifically, but he kind of like leans over and says, mostly ancient weapon parts. Mm. So there's a lot of uh, desire out here from the less scrupulous kinds. And well, it was something that we tried to keep an eye on at some point. You mean bandits? Kind of? Yes and no. Okay. Shall I be kind of cast a few furtive glances over her shoulder and... You are being followed by a cloud elk. A different cloud elk than... than no, the usual one. <laughs> Actually, I think Penelope's going to roll an understanding riding, if that's okay, and see if she picks up on the fact yeah. that Polly... Sensitivity riding, please. All right. Huh, well, two successes, one edge success. What are you rolling? Why are you rolling like this today? Yeah, here's the thing. Pollyanna does have a jealous streak. And you're so fussy about what Pollyanna is allowed to eat that you yell at her for eating random plants she finds. Mm, okay. And yet you share the pocket food with this thing? She is affronted. I think as Penelope kind of said that glance around, she sees Polly's posture is... Um... Oh, there's angry little sparks flashing between her antlers. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> He's mad. Oh, and I think Penelope kind of slows down so she can keep pace with Polly. Polly dramatically looks away. I'm I'm so sorry, Polly. I, 
I should have been more thoughtful of your feelings. <sighs> I, I was excited to meet Amber, but that doesn't make me any less excited to have you as my companion. Um, she doesn't actually speak people. <laughs> and you don't have the thing that lets you do that. No, I you don't. don't. You didn't take it. Nope, not at all. <laughs> Rada's not here to help. And as Penelope is saying this, she's like, I know I don't let you uh, partake in pocket food, you know, but here, it's, it's, you're right, it's only fair. And Penelope provides the last bit of pocket food from her pocket to Polly. Uh, the last of the pocket food. Yeah. I mean, I guess I can only have so much food in the pocket. <laughs> Well, that's never stopped you before. Um, <laughs> I guess that's true. I just kind of... <laughs> Declare there's food. Um, yeah. So Polly does take the food. And then as she so often does when you apologize to her, takes a moment to shove you with her nose. Like hard. Oh, oh. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I deserve that. And then as usual, once she's given you a good shove, she seems to feel better. And I think uh, Penelope spends the next bit walking beside Polly, kind of chatting with her, even though, yes, Polly does not. Yeah. <laughs> but it's what Penelope yeah. do. <laughs> Amber's frolicking on your other side, having a great time. Whenever it gets too close to Pollyanna, she lowers her head and snorts at it. Oh, sibling rivalry. <laughs> yeah. That's what this is. <laughs> And soon enough, not too long, well before lunch, you find yourselves at the Boundary Garden, a swath of tough-as-nails lavender flowers. The scent of them is pretty heavy on the air. And in Amilta, there is a deep, deep superstition that people are taught from childhood not to walk through lavenders. Some people are taught that it invites bad luck. Some people are taught the actual reason that the other side of the Boundary Garden is dangerous. Immensely dangerous. But you're not superstitious children. You're full-grown rangers. So the decision whether or not to walk through the Lavenders is yours. But I think all of you can think back to an adult who once told you never to do this. It doesn't ever feel good. I mean, mm. it's a thing, but it doesn't ever feel good. Mm -mm. My mom used to say, if you go through the lavenders, you never come back. You get whisked away to somewhere else. Mm. Somewhere where there aren't any sweets. Oh. I think she added that part for me. Mm. 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 My granddad was always really straightforward. It was like, nope, there's horrors. They will just eat you. Mm. And I mean, that's not quite right, I guess, but close enough. Close enough. Cobb kind of rubs at his jaw, like almost as if he's um, rubbing a after he'd gotten punched or something. No. My old man said it would be a nuisance. So I went through there as much as I could. <laughs> Probably should have paid more attention to him, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think Penelope thinks of rules as challenges, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's our Penelope. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't do something? Oh, why not? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> try and stop me. And in the midst of this lavender bed that you're walking through, you see a cottage. At least it looks like a cottage. It's a sturdy little log structure. A house-sized one. Regular ass house. Maybe I shouldn't say ass. We've got the rating for it. We do have the rating for ass, but, but it seems unnecessary. Um, it's just a uh, just cottage size, the size of a regular house. I, I do appreciate that callback. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You're right. It's a callback. No. And there is smoke puffing contentedly out of the chimney of this place. It is bright and there are hanging baskets with other kinds of flowers growing in them. And it is just a picturesque and charming little place. 
And a sign out front reads, Office of the Gardener General. Gardener General, is it? Well, they have to be adventurous to be out this far. Mm -hmm. That's got to be a lot to take care of all this lavender. I don't expect it's just one person who does it, right? That's got to be... That can't be, right? No. It's a lot of lavender, and I know that it just grows, but, like, got to be more than one person. Got to be. Well, I guess there's uh, only one way to find out. And I guess Tissa, before walking all the way up to the cottage, does a quick sensitivity humanity. That is two successes, one edge. Yeah, two successes and one edge. You can see a worn path through the lavender that someone has been walking for some time. You can see these plants are well taken care of, not just the lavender plants in the boundary garden, but the little ones in the hanging baskets. Puff of smoke would imply that whoever it is, they're home. And there's a little path leading from, like, there's a little web of paths heading out from this place through the lavender. One of which heads to the shadow of a nearby settlement. Many of which head onto the veldt. Hmm. Do we want to say hi? Yeah, it might be a good idea. They'll probably know at least something of what's going on around here, and it'd be it'd be good to get a little bit of, uh, Information before we head off too much. Mm. Yeah, it's true. I don't... I mean, this map is not very good. It's just kind of... Uh, mm, Anticip gestures, and it's one of those maps that's like... It's kind of some number of miles north-northwest, then east kind of map, rather than something like... Real special and detailed. Something Tissa-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something that's, like, very clearly a grabbed from people giving some sort of oral tradition rather than any sort of actual surveying. Mm, gotcha. All right. So let's approach the cottage. How are we approaching the cottage? Are we breaking in like brigands? Are we? Are we knocking politely upon the door? We are knocking politely on the door because that's the polite thing to do. Are we saying trick or treat? No, it's summer. Valid. Okay. <laughs> ah. The person who answers the door is quite tall. Quite nearly a cob in height. Quite tall. She is lean but muscular, very defined. She's dressed in kind of like a loose tank and some like sturdy canvas pants with heavy boots. She has brick red skin and straight jet black hair of the Coral Coast. And she looks, for a moment, slightly surprised to have visitors, but hello there. Hi. Welcome to the office of the Gardener General. Hello. What can I interest you in today? Uh, well, uh, are, are you the Gardener General then? Yes, indeed I am. Well, it's very nice to meet you. I'm uh, Jonathan Cobbler. These are my, this is my crew. Uh, introduce yourselves, crew. I'm Tessa. I'm Penelope. And this is Polly. And this is Amber. Oh, pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet most of you. <laughs> she gives Amber a look. Like, she doesn't do the thing where she points at her eyes and points at Amber, but it's heavily implied by the look on her face. <laughs> That there's a little bit of that, like, oh, oh, tourists. A goat. People who would associate with a goat. Well, at any rate, it is mostly a pleasure to meet you. My name is Tunhild. It's a pleasure to meet you, Tunhild. Nice to meet you as well. Pleasure. Lovely. Wonderful. So, uh, what brings you to the Boundary Garden? Well, we... Well... Mm. We're going all the way to the capital. Mm. Yeah, we need to meet with someone there. Mm. Not a great time to go to the capital. Is there ever one? No. <laughs> no, there's not. Anything especially bad about this time? Well, <sighs> we're working on it. 
We're working on it. I don't have all the information just yet. But rumor has it the demons on the veld are getting all riled up. Misbehaving. We've heard about that. We were um, a couple of weeks ago on the last tooth and the arcanists were saying some stuff. Oh, so it's everywhere. Well, that's important. And she drops everything that she's doing, rushes to the table, whips open a book and immediately starts writing in it. Yeah, yes, we're, we're helping the, the arcanists. Great, great. Okay, yes. When was this? Um, it was, um, at, at quarter moon. I think she like, I think hearing the, the Tissa-ish way that Tissa is trying to communicate the passage of time, she like lifts her pen from the page slightly and just turns to stare at Tissa. Um, um, that was, well, so it's, it's waxing now. So that would have been, um, two and a half weeks. Hmm. That tracks. That absolutely tracks. Um, oh, um, here at the office of the Gardener General, I am, of course, the Gardener General. We are part gardeners and part investigators. Ooh. It's our job, and Tunhill gets up, crosses over to a pile of papers, just a pile of loose papers sitting on the table. There are loose papers all over this place. There are books all over this place. It kind of reminds you of the checkerboard lodge in the map room. And that is indeed what she presents to you, a map. It's our job to find out what's safe and what isn't so we know where to plant the lavenders. Oh. That makes sense. Can't just plant based on rumors. Someone will get hurt. Mm. So we look into it. We investigate threats on the veldt wherever they may lurk. And... We provide travelers with these. And she, I think, sensing a like a boisterous kindred spirit, hands the map to Cobb. That'll get you to the capital. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, why not? And Cobb stores that in the map case that I've had since character creation. <laughs> wow. Nice. Nice. I don't think I've ever used it since until now, though. I, I'm also pretty sure you haven't used it till now. <laughs> so we heard some rumors about the demons acting up, and we're currently looking into that. Um, I don't like the idea that we're going to have to replant if they're doing this permanently all over the place, but... Well, we're, we're trying to help with some of that. We think that the... Uh, the folks we're going to go see in the capital might be able to give us a hand with all of this. Mm. There's supposed to be some kind of old dragon that mm. um the, the out there. Um, have you heard anything about something like that? Oh, there are old dragons on the veld. Mm. There's old ashes not far from Stageport. Mm -hmm. They're kind of um. I wouldn't say trouble, but I wouldn't not say trouble either. <laughs> Isn't that always the way? Mm. Yeah, I, I have an infiltrator friend, and she tells me that there's one out in the capital, and that might be who we're going to go see. Oh. Well, best of luck. Be careful. It's uh, actually here. Can I, uh, can I see that map for a second? Oh, yes, yes, certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she grabs a very particular pen from a collection of pens and circles a couple areas in, like, violet ink. Here and here are where there are rumors of demons acting up. Uh, We're still looking into them. All we know is rumors. Well, well, thank you. We'll do our best to avoid them. But if we do see anything on our way back, we'll let you know. Please do. Or if you see anyone else from the office. Mm. Thank you. My pleasure. It's the job, after all. Mm. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. This helps us a lot. I guess if we are going to be going out there, is there anything we might be able to do for you other than some reconnaissance? Yeah, recon's all I ever need. Mm, fair enough. Yeah, come back, tell me what you saw, and 
there might be interesting information in there that will help us with next season's planting. Well, we'll do our best. Yeah, if you run into anyone from the office, lend them a hand. Alrighty. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a bunch of us, and we do a lot of field work, so... Well, if we see anyone, we'll we'll make sure that they're doing okay. Perfect. And she gives another look to Amber. Just mm, go to my house. Well, <laughs> Amber's sweet. I promise Amber will behave. That's you false. Can't. Mm. Amber is trying to steal things. Yeah. But every time Amber reaches for something, like Tunhild like picks it up. Like Tunhild is watching <laughs> this goat. Like now, nuh-uh, not in my house. <laughs> not in my house, not at my campsite, not in my anywhere, not on my watch. Amber looks up and goes, Meh. Well, thank you again so much for your help, Dunhill. Come on, everybody. Uh, let's make sure we get a lot of, uh, we get good walking time in today before it gets too dark. Well, take care out there, everybody. Pleasure to meet you. A pleasure. Thank you. Anytime. And she gives a big old grin and a wave. Come, come, come on, Amber, Amber, come on. We, we gotta go. Come on. And Amber eventually does follow you out. Don't make me pick you up again, goat. Uh, you don't have the ability to speak to animals, but somehow I think the threat is communicated. <laughs> Amber doesn't like Cobb. It should be noted. Well, doesn't have the best experience. He was a little aggressive on, on first meeting. Yeah. And I think that left Amber with some bad memories. <laughs> I really like our new uh, party member? <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> Kirsten had such amazing roles. <laughs> and now I guess there's a goat in the party. Yeah. I liked making friends with Amber. It was fun. And then I also liked everyone's kind of reaction to like crossing into the lavender. I, I enjoyed when that happened. Mm. On on in the goat path, uh second memory I also really like Tunhild's um antagonism towards Amber. Completely appropriate reaction. Doesn't trust. <laughs> Doesn't trust goats. Knows better than to trust them. They're not to be trusted, goats. Mm. I'm mostly excited for the Velt. Yeah, I'm really excited for the Velt. Like, I've played around with it a lot in some of my games, and, like, I have my own ideas of different parts of the Velt, but I haven't heard Kat do it before. This is true. And so I'm excited about this. Yeah. I'm also excited because... The Velt is kind of a defining geographical feature of a Milta, and it took us till the season two finale arc to get to it. Yeah. It's like, oh, I haven't introduced, I've, I've introduced the idea of Whisper Goats, but I've never actually made the party confront them. Well, you did give us a ship right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They don't live at sea. They're not Capricorns. They, they do not. You, you gave us the, let us go anywhere other than the landlocked Velt item at the beginning yeah. of the game. Yep. Yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. Listener, what do you think about goats? Their little faces? Their little feet? Those eyes? Their weird little habits? What do you think about goats? You can tell us what you think about goats using the email form at peachgardengames.com or on Twitter at peachgardenrpgs. You can find us on the Be Gay Roll Dice Network Discord or on the Heroic Discord, which is linked in our pinned tweet. We love hearing from people. Makes us smile. If you want to support us monetarily, wow, that would be swell of you. We have links to a Ko-fi and a Patreon on the support us link on our website, peachgardengames.com. We'll use it to buy goat food. We used to buy goat food. Here's the trick. Anything is goat food. I was just thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is goat food. So he's not wrong. And if you cannot support us monetarily, that is a-okay. We understand. We're not going to bully you into giving us money. But if you would leave a review and a rating, that would be 
fantastic because it would help us find more listeners. And golly, listeners are just our favoritest people. Aw. By the time you hear this, my other podcast is probably live. So if you would like to hear what it is like when I am a monster, just an absolute jerk. For a limited time, the podcast Roar to Heaven is running. It is based on Symphogear and Evangelion. It is an actual play of my game, Blazing Him, in which humankind is beset by human-hating angels. I caught myself. But anyway, the point is, I'm a real jerk in that one. Real different cat. You're going to love it. And we love you. And we'll see you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, Bye, everybody. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network. Hi, I'm Kendrick. I'm Gus. I'm Hilda. And I'm Marcy. And we're the cast of Tales Yet Told. An actual play podcast dedicated to telling weird and fun stories full of imagination, thoughtful characterization, and inclusivity. You should go listen to our first season, Strangers in the Wood. Where we play Babes in the Wood, an over-the-garden-wall-inspired tabletop RPG by Adam Voss. It's fun. Spooky. And full of weird characters, like Dex the diner owner and Miss Jackson the parrot desk attendant. And with lovable player characters, like Dakota, Dorothy, and Walter the Weasel. Follow us on Twitter at Tales Yet Told for more details and look out for new episodes every Wednesday. So go out, eat well, sleep enough, and love yourself like we love you. (laughs) 